The LA Kings play game two of their six-game road trip tonight and should get a big test against a very good Maple Leafs team in Toronto. We'll preview the matchup. We'll also give you the details on Cal Peterson's third start with the Ontario Reign last night. And we have an update on Kings young star defenseman Brant Clark. And it's a feedback Thursday. We'll read and answer your emails on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we had 958 subscribers. Uh, we were um, have a goal of getting to 1,000 by the end of December, so we aren't halfway through the month, and we're already halfway to our goal. So thank you so much for all that have taken the time to like and subscribe the YouTube channel. It's greatly appreciated, and thank you to everyone who has been supporting the show, whether you listen on the podcast or you watch the YouTube channel. My name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. For 20-plus years, I've been at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and, of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for 30-plus years. The LA Kings are back in action tonight as they face the Maple Leafs in Toronto in Game 2 of their six-game road trip. Kings are coming off a convincing 5-2 win over the Senators on Tuesday, but they will take a pretty big step up in competition tonight. LA taking on a Toronto team that has recorded points in 12 straight games. The Leafs are 9-0-3 over those last 12 games. They are led by the hottest player in the NHL, Mitch Marner, running a 20-game point streak. They also have MVP caliber forward Austin Matthews on their roster. And one of the surprising stories for the Leafs this year has been their goaltending. Uh, in the offseason, they decided not to re-sign former King netminder Jack Campbell, went out and signed a pair of cast-offs. Matt Murray, who won a couple of Stanley Cups with the Penguins, but was uh, not having uh, a good season in Ottawa. And Washington Capitals goalie Ilya Simsonov. Uh, both goalies have been good uh, this year for Toronto, much better than expected. Murray has posted a 6-1-2 and record in nine starts, and it looks like Sam Stonoff is getting the start tonight against the Kings. He checks in with a 7-2 and record in nine starts, a 2.09 goals against average, and a 9.24 save percentage. Leafs are in second place in the Atlantic Division, behind only the red-hot Boston Bruins, and hold the third-best record in the Eastern Conference at 16-5-6. There are three former Kings uh, with the Leafs, Wayne Simmons, Jake Muzzin, and Kyle Clifford. None of them will be playing tonight. Muzzin is injured, and Clifford is playing in the AHL. So again, a major step up in competition for the Kings in tonight's game. Good opportunity for the Kings to test themselves against one of the top teams in the NHL and against one of the hottest teams currently in the NHL. Uh, LA checking in tonight with a 14-10-4 record, good enough for third in the Pacific Division and good enough for the fifth most points in the Western Conference. Now, the Kings did beat the Leafs back in uh, late October uh, at Crypto.com Arena. 4-2 was the final but Toronto didn't get their season off to a great start. They are playing much better hockey at this point in the season. So we'll see if the Kings can sweep the season series. Jonathan Quick expected to be back in net tonight for the Kings after having Tuesday off. And makes sense that head coach Todd McClellan decided to give Quick 
a game off to rest up for what should be a tough test tonight. I would expect to see the same lineup we saw on Tuesday with Arthur Kaliev on the Kings' top line with Andre Kopitar and Kevin Fiala and the third line centered by Adrian Kempe with Gabe Velarde and Alex Ayafalo on the wings. Also, keep an eye out on Kings defenseman Sean Dursey tonight. He is a Toronto native and will be playing against the Leafs in his hometown for the first time. No doubt he will have family and friends in the building there to support him. Always interesting to see how a player plays uh, in their first game back in their hometown. I'm sure he's going to be very amped up for the game tonight. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's not a good thing, but hopefully it'll be a special night for Sean Dursey. Faceoff is set for 4 p.m. L.A. time. It will be televised locally on Valley Sportsnet and on the Kings iHeart Audio Network. Looking forward to seeing a big game tonight for the L.A. Kings, again, against one of the better teams in the NHL, the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got news to pass along about Cal Peterson making his third start with the Ontario Reign. We've also got news on Brant Clark and possibly playing in the World Junior Championships. We will give you the details on that in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every pro and college league out there, from football to the World Cup going on right now in soccer. Um, like I said, basketball, football, esports as well. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting picks. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. We've got news on talented young Kings defenseman Brant Clark, who has been loaned to the Canadian National Junior Team for the 2023 IIHF World Junior Championships. The 19-year-old former first-round pick has played nine games for the Kings this season with two points, five games for the Ontario Reign with two points, and he could end up playing as many as 12 games with the Canadian junior team if he makes the team. As you probably remember, Clark was controversially left off the Canadian roster in each of the last two World Junior Championships, but is expected to make the team this time. The official rosters will be announced on Monday. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on that uh, and let you know if, in fact, Grant Clark does make the Canadian World Junior team. Uh, The World Junior Championships are in Canada. They run from December 26, 2022, through January 5th of 2023. So uh, the Kings continue to, uh, you know, have an interesting, uh, you know, path set out for Brant Clark. Um, I'm not sure if they knew exactly how it was going to go uh, at the start of the year. Obviously, it was all, uh, you know, something that was fluid because it depended on how Brant Clark would play. But if you've been following kind of the Brant Clark saga, um, did, did a great job in the Kings rookie development camp. Uh, did a great job in the preseason that resulted in him playing in the NHL. Uh, he got nine games with the Kings. Remember, if he plays 10, then the first year of his entry level contract kicks in. So the Kings got him to nine games and then they uh, scratched him for five. And when you do that, you can send a player to the AHL on a conditioning assignment. Now, Clark's age and the rules with the Ontario Hockey League actually prevent him from being assigned to the AHL. But the Kings found a work around that and we were able to get him uh, those games in the AHL. So he's played his maximum number of games he can play there on that conditioning stint. And now he's back up with the Kings, has been practicing with the team, and the Kings feel at this moment that it gives them options and it is better for him to develop his development to be playing with the Kings, practicing with the Kings, working with their coaches rather than him going back to his junior team uh, with the Barry Colts. So 
if he does make the World Junior roster, then again, he could play up to 12 games, and Canada is expected to be the favorite to win the championship. So you would expect him to at least play uh, double-digit games uh, you know, uh, in this tournament. And after that, the Kings will have another decision to make. Uh, and, and I think, again, it, it is fluid. It depends on where the Kings are. Uh, as I understand it, it'll be about halfway through the season when uh, after the World Junior Championship. So depends on what the health of the Kings defensemen are at that point. Depends on how well the Kings are playing at that point. Uh, if there's a, a worst-case scenario and there's a disaster and the Kings have suddenly completely fallen off a cliff and are out um, and look like they're not going to be a playoff team, then I think maybe you consider sending uh, Brant Clark back to his junior team because you don't want to burn that first year of his contract. However, if the Kings are playing the way they have been so far this season where they're battling uh, for a playoff position, um, then you would consider, I would think, keeping Brant Clark up because you think he can help your team down the road. Also, if there are any injury issues with the Kings Blue Liners, then that would certainly bolster the uh, the opportunity for Brant Clark to stay in the NHL with the Kings and get some playing time. So again, it continues to be a fluid situation. I think the Kings have handled this situation all pretty well in trying to squeeze all the, the, the toothpaste out of the tube and what they can do and what they can't do uh, with Brant Clark. But again, uh, he has been uh, loaned to the Canadian junior team. It is expected. He will make the roster. And then we'll see him get uh, able to play, I would assume, significant minutes with a very talented team, uh, get him some more quality playing time. And then after that's over, we'll see where the Kings are health-wise. We'll see where they are as far as their position in the standings. And then the Kings will make a determination on what they want to do with Brant Clark. So that's the latest with him. Also news on Kings goalie Cal Peterson, who made his third start for the Ontario Reign last night against the Henderson Silver Knights. That's the AHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Peterson allowed two goals on 28 shots as the Reign lost 3-1. to one. The highlights are available on the Ontario Reign's YouTube channel if you want to check it out, which I did. Uh, and to be fair to Cal, both the goals he allowed were two-on-one shorthanded breaks by Henderson. Uh, the first one he had no chance on. The second one was not easy either. Um, so I would say... Looking at the two goals he allowed, they were not soft goals, if you're judging the way uh, Cal Peterson played, based just on the two goals he allowed. I can't comment because I didn't see the whole game as far as how he played throughout the game and what type of saves he made and how he looked in net. Um, but again, uh, you know, he did suffer the loss. Uh, he did allow those two goals, but I thought both those goals were difficult saves for any goaltender. Uh, in my opinion, again, if you want to check out that video and judge for yourself, you certainly can do so. So for Cal Peterson, three starts in with the Ontario Reign. He has a 2-1 record. He has stopped 80 of 85 shots against. He has a 1.70 goals against average and a 941 save percentage. So not the result that Cal and the Reign wanted to see last night, but I do think so far after three starts in the AHL, I think so far it has been a positive experience for Cal Peterson. Um, not saying that he should be called up anytime soon. I think he's definitely still needs to be down there getting every start uh, with the team, trying to figure things out. But I, st I think so far, so good, I would say, for Cal Peterson. Uh, we are going to check in on the Locked On LA Kings email inbox in just a moment. Uh, but I do want to invite you to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, 
available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So usually we have a Feedback Friday segment, but since the Kings are playing tonight and we're going to have a full recap of that game on Friday's show, we have moved up the feedback portion of the show to today. So our first mail com- our first email comes from Jim in Lakewood, and he says, Fantastic insight on the show about the two former Kings who passed away on the same day. Really enjoy the hockey history pieces. It definitely shows us how connected the people and places in our game are. Regarding the team's performance this week, I don't think Ottawa is any kind of a barometer or harbinger of good things. Also, kind of the follow-up on the Mike McKinnon interview, uh, it really did make me wonder for the first time that since Jonathan Quick, uh, as we know, is a competitor, I don't know if he will take a hometown discount when it comes time if he's going to make half of what Peterson makes. This makes me think he might look for respect somewhere else, and if he does, I certainly would understand. I do hope they get this all squared away and keep him for another few years, but if they don't give him that respect over Peterson next year, I do see him signing with another team and getting that last contract. Please give us your thoughts on that and continued success to our team and your fine work on the channel. Again, that is Jim in Lakewood. Uh, Jim, yeah, it, it's going to be, I, I've said it you know, from the start of the season that this is one of the big storylines for the Kings this season, not only the goaltending, which certainly has been uh, a roller coaster ride so far, uh, but also what is going to happen after this season now that Jonathan Quick's 10-year contract is up after this year. Does he do a Dustin Brown and ride off into the sunset saying that I only want to play for the LA Kings? What do the Kings want to do with Jonathan Quick? If he continues playing the way he's played this year, and of course the situation with Cal Peterson plays a big part in that. Does he you know, regain his game, come back and play well? It's all totally up in the air, but I will agree with you. Uh, and I've said this many times. I'm not trying to act like I know Jonathan Quick well or personally, but being around him, uh, he is one of the more competitive athletes I've ever seen. Um, he is, you know, he still uh, wants to play. He still feels like he has some game left, but where it goes after this is certainly uh, to be determined. I don't have a good answer for you. Um, do I think that Jonathan Quick would like to end his career in a Kings uniform? Sure. I mean, I think every athlete probably wants to do that. I mean, it is pretty rare when you think about it that a star player at the end of his career goes somewhere else and it, it works out better or he has that one signature moment at the end, like, you know, Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. That's pretty rare, right? Usually the player looks to hang on for another year or two and it doesn't really work out and they end up. Uh, you know, retiring, but I, I get it. You know, if you're a professional athlete and look, these are still young men. Now, as far as their you know profession, they're not young, but in life, they're still young men and they still have a lot of life ahead of them. And they want to, they want to absolutely play as much as they can for as long as they can. I totally get that. And if Jonathan Quick feels like the Kings aren't going to give him what he feels he deserves, um, then I could see him going somewhere else in the right situation. I could also see him walking away as well. Um, I don't have a, a really good read on it, but we have heard from Jonathan Quick before the season started. He was pointedly asked, what are your plans after this season? And he said the plan is to keep playing. So um, there's still a lot to be determined. I really don't have a good feel on on which way it's going to go. The Kings obviously play a big role in this. What do they want to offer Jonathan Quick? Um, what is he looking to get? Would he give the team the you know, quote unquote hometown discount. It's all, it's all really up in the air to be determined. Um, I don't have a good feel. I could absolutely seeing it going either way. 
uh, as far as the future with Jonathan Quick and the LA Kings. Our next email comes from Don L. He is in the North Hollywood hinterlands. He says, regular watcher of your excellent podcast here. Thank you, Don. Uh, however, I must take issue with your opinion that Quentin Byfield should be brought up as soon as possible to bolster the Kings. In my opinion, QB is at a critical stage of his development where a potential top player crosses over from being a capable player to being a dominant one. We've all seen that happen with a few other players before, not always Kings. I feel QB is close to making that transition with several dominant games in recent days. And please don't devalue the AHL. That is a tough and challenging league, and there's lots of talent. If QB can learn to dominate there, he'll just be a step away from starting to do it in the NHL. To bring him up right away and play mostly bottom six minutes makes no sense at this time, in my opinion. To paraphrase the Godzilla movies, let nature take its course. Let him dominate. I don't, I don't remember that from the Godzilla movies, although I can't really tell you that I've watched a lot of Godzilla movies. Anyway, uh, Don continues, he doesn't need to stay in Ontario a really long time, but some patience is needed here. Luckily, with Ayafalo coming back, we don't need another good role player right now. I say maybe give QB until the new year and bring him up in mid to in mid-January or so. By then, he might be a point and a half per game player in the AHL, brimming with new confidence in his ability to dominate at least parts of increasing numbers of games. Uh, so Don, I, I will say this. Um, I think my opinion on Quentin Byfield has changed because of the Kings lineup changing. Now that Adrian Kempe is playing center, um, I don't really see Quentin Byfield coming up and playing center on the fourth line and, and say what you will about Blake Lazat. I know there are some people that love him and some people that think he's just, uh, you know, kind of uh, not really an NHL caliber player. He's too small. You know, he's a, he's a little bit of a bulldog, but he, he's getting by on grit and so on and so forth. Um, and Quentin Byfield is, is, should be a better player than him. Whatever. I, I agree with you considering the current situation. Uh, you know, this, my opinion on Quentin Byfield, before was because of two reasons. Number one, because I thought he could be a better player at this point than Rasmus Kupari, who was centering that third line and then the fourth line. And because Quentin Byfield had been playing well in Ontario. Things, though, have changed. Kupari has been sent to the AHL. Adrian Kempe now playing center. So you've got Kopitar, Deneau, and Kempe down the middle. And I, I would agree that right now it's probably better for Quentin Byfield to get first line minutes, probably first power play minutes uh, in Ontario than to have him come up and center the fourth line right now for the LA Kings. So we, I, I've changed my mind on that a bit because of the developments with the Kings roster. And so I agree with you right now, keep Quinton Byfield in the AHL for the next month or so. See how things play out. Obviously, if there's any kind of an injury and he needs to be called up, you've got that option as well. But yeah, I, I, I've changed my mind a bit on calling up Quinton Byfield. Um, and I think right now it's, it's better to have him getting the minutes he's going to get in, in the AHL rather than the minutes he would get if they called him up to the NHL. Uh, John in Long Beach says, really enjoyed the Mike McKinnon interview and his no-nonsense comments about the Kings goaltending. I was curious what your thoughts were on what he had to say. Obviously, you were interviewing him, so it was all about the guest. But what do you think about his comments on the Kings goalies? It's it's interesting. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Mike will mind if I share this, but after uh, the interview was over, we had a little bit of a chat, and he said, I hope I wasn't too negative. And uh, I told him, you know what? I think the, the listeners will really appreciate your honesty. And I think fans want to hear the truth from someone who has played in net and someone who now works in the media and is, is a commentator specifically on the goaltending position. 
Um, my thoughts on what he had to say, I, 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 I it, it's kind of where do you come from from your perspective when you when you hear his comments? He is a former goaltender, uh, and he's very critical of the position, and he knows the position way better than I would ever ever know. So I think it's kind of natural that he would be more critical of a goaltender than he would the goaltender's teammates. Now, he, he, he didn't say that the Kings defense, his, the team defense didn't play a role, what was going on. But I think he focuses more on the goalie position because he's a former goalie. For me, you know, and, and again, I'm not I, like I'm a beer league defenseman, right? And I'm very protective of my goalies. And I have always been very respectful of the goaltending position. I think it is one of the hardest things to do in all of sports. Uh, and I just have a ton of respect for what they do. I, I usually give goaltenders generally the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways. So from my perspective, I've always thought it was a little bit more of the Kings team defense being the issue than the goaltending. Now, don't get me wrong. Both are an issue. Um, but where where the scale is right now, um, I think Mike McKenna coming from a goaltender perspective feels it's more with the goaltending. Me coming from another perspective feels it's maybe more of a team defensive issue. But again, I think we can all agree that it both things are playing a role in the issues that the Kings are having defensively. The goaltending certainly has played a factor in that, and the defense has played a factor in that. The penalty kill has played a factor in that. So I guess that's kind of my perspective. I totally get why Mike McKenna would, being a former pro goalie, be very critical of that position and certainly know more about that position. He can pick things out as far as what a goalie does technically that I have no clue over. So um, hope you guys enjoyed that Mike McKenna interview. Um, you know, I'm always looking to get different voices on the show. We're definitely going to have Jim Fox back on. We're definitely going to have Daryl Evans back on. We'll definitely have the Kings Insiders Act Dooley back on. Um, well, those voices will be, you know, I don't want to say constant, but then we will check in with those guys throughout the season um, at least a, at least a couple more times this season, probably at the midway point maybe, and then in, towards the end of the year when hopefully the Kings are going to the playoffs. But I, I just want to say this. Um, I, I just happened to read an article by Mike McKinnon at Daily Faceoff and was intrigued by it and reached out to him, and he was nice enough to join us. Uh, if you ever have any um, suggestions on possible guests on the show, uh, regardless of where they might be from, please let me know. I'm, I'm absolutely open to hearing those suggestions. Uh, the email address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com. Uh, let's squeeze another one in real quick. Jennifer in Thousand Oaks says, really enjoy the show. You always mentioned you've been a Kings fan for 30 years. What is your best memory as a Kings fan? That is a tough, that is a tough one to answer. Um, you know, I've seen some, some pretty amazing things. I haven't been a Kings fan for as long as maybe some of you out there. I, like I said, I, if I could go back in time, and see any Kings game, I would love to see the miracle on Manchester. But I was not a Kings fan at the time when that happened. Um, I was in Staples Center for the frenzy on Figueroa against the Red Wings. That was a pretty special moment at that time. Obviously, winning the two Stanley Cups on home ice was amazing. And I was very, very lucky to be in the building for both of those events. But I would have to say, and I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Maybe I have, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. My favorite moment as a Kings fan might surprise you. It was game seven uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago, where the winner goes to the Stanley Cup final and the loser goes home. And these were two heavyweights going at it, right? The Blackhawks and the Kings uh, had won multiple Stanley, or not multiple, but at each one a Stanley Cup at that time. And you felt like watching that, that this was actually the Stanley Cup final. And I've never felt 
more tension, more stress, more pressure as a fan than watching that game seven on TV. And I've never honestly felt more relief and excitement than when when that overtime game winner went in um, off of the stick of Alec Martinez. And I think the defenseman, who was it, Brent Seabrook, I think it went to it off of. I probably should know that. But I just, I just, I didn't, even when the Kings won the Stanley Cup, I obviously felt a ton of emotions. But that game seven in sudden death overtime, where every shot you were, literally had your your heart in your throat that that feeling was uh very intense and then the kings winning and just jumping off my couch and jumping around like a fool and my wife jumping in my arms obviously that didn't happen when i was watching the kings win the stanley cup because i was there as a media member and i had to kind of keep the emotions inside not really let them show out because you're not supposed to cheer as a fan when you're a member of the media but uh, that was that's my favorite king's memory honestly was the kings winning that overtime game seven in chicago against the Blackhawks in the 2014 playoffs. I should go back and watch that game at some point. I don't think I've gone back and watched it since, but it would be interesting to kind of watch it uh, without the the stress and the emotions and everything else. Uh, thank you all for your emails. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll have another feedback segment on next week's show. I don't know if it'll be on a Thursday or a Friday, but if you would like to send an email, again, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. We are on Twitter, at LockedOnLAKings, and we are on Instagram at Locked on LA Kings as well. Coming up on Friday's show, a full recap of tonight's big game against the Maple Leafs. Looking forward to that. Uh, Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for watching and listening to Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Looking forward to the game tonight against the Maple Leafs. And as always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go!